Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the February 2021 CTSS quiz. I've put together 10 interesting cases, I think 10 challenging cases, and without further ado, let's get started. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, well, you see four really good choices. And so when you start looking at these choices, then you say to yourself, well, forgetting the choices for a moment, what am I looking at? I'm looking at a mass in the right atrium. It's solid, it's soft tissue, it's invasive. It's not a clot, it's gonna be a tumor. Well, tumors can be primary or metastatic. Mets are 40 times more common. So I would like to know if the patient had a primary tumor, maybe a renal cell perhaps, maybe melanoma, maybe lymphoma. Those are all possibilities. But location here is really good. It's that right atrium and it's growing through the wall. What occurs in this region? Well, the best diagnosis is a primary cardiac angiosarcoma. So when I look at this, I know this is not a clot and I have to admit I couldn't really exclude lymphoma and I should consider metastasis, though it's typically intraluminal or it can be where it grows along vessels. But the best diagnosis based on appearance, based on location, is an angiosarcoma of the right atrium. In this case, I'm giving you four really good choices. And oh, by the way, what could this possibly be? Well, you see a mass that involves the region of the left atrial appendage, it's soft tissue mass. It's really impressive. Look at it on the coronal view, how it extends all the way down. Now you could think about a small cell cancer. You could think about infiltration. Um, by a tumor, primary versus secondary. It's kind of a very interesting case. I've never quite seen one like that. I even can think about maybe mesothelioma, but they usually are calcified and the rest of the pleura look too good. Something like that. Well, lymphoma is a good thought, but it has a funny look for lymphoma. Small cell, it really doesn't look like a primary lung cancer with adenopathy, and it's surely not an atrial myxoma. This was a sarcoma. I've showed you cases before. For example, I've showed you how you can have angiosarcomas of the right atrium, for example. But this was a spindle cell sarcoma of the left atrial appendage. A very unusual diagnosis, but something at least you can consider in your differential. And that's why I chose this case. Now, in this case, what is the diagnosis? Well, when you look carefully, you see there's a filling defect in the patient's aorta, just above the aortic valve, and in fact, attached to the aortic valve. Now you can say, what is this? Is this flow related? Is this an artifact? No, it's real. Well, what can occur here? You can say, could it be a clot? I guess I could think about that. But this is coming off the valve leaflets. This is a classic location and a classic appearance. If I gave you a 4D display, you would see motion. And that's the classic location of a papillary fibroelastoma. Wonderful location, wonderful CT appearance. This wasn't a thrombus, so you could think about that. It wasn't flow-related change. And an aortic sarcoma is somewhat dramatic. Those are super rare. This was classic papillary fibroelastoma. The best diagnosis in this incidental finding is... And I've given you a few different choices. When you look carefully at the images, non-contrast shows there's something in the patient's left ventricle that's partially calcified. When you give contrast, you can see it's a big filling defect right in the center of the left ventricle. Everything else seems to be okay. 
Well, it could be a thrombus. Calcified thrombus centrally are pretty rare. Mets can calcify. I guess it's a consideration. It's not a pseudo lesion. It's a real lesion. But if you think about it, what lesions occur in the left ventricle that calcify? And the most common is a myxoma. Now, that's pretty rare. I will have to admit metastatic disease, but Mets that calcify is exceedingly rare. A thrombus, again, is a consideration, but a thrombus in the middle of the LV is just not a good call. This was a myxoma, a very difficult case, but at least something that I think is unusual to see and something hopefully you learn something from. In this case, what's the best diagnosis? Well, when you look carefully, you say to yourself, what's going on here? There's something by the right side of the heart. It sits right by the cardiophrenic junction. Well, what is it? It's water density. That's the classic description and classic location of a pericardial cyst. Pericardial cysts can be small or they can be large. They can simulate other processes. This was not a pericardial effusion because it's too loculated. It's too cystic to be lymphoma. I guess you can consider an old hematoma, but that's exceedingly rare. And based on the very nice location, this is classic for a pericardial cyst, just a great location and CT appearance. This patient was being screened for coronary artery disease. And so what is going on? Now, the first thing to remember, of course, is uh, this patient was part of a study looking at coronary artery disease. So when you look for the coronary arteries, we study the coronary arteries. We study the extra cardiac findings as well. We study the cardiac chambers. In this case, you see something that's linear, high density, higher than contrast in the patient's right ventricle. And when you look, this is a broken needle. This patient was an IV drug abuser. This was a needle that, from an injection that broke off and tracked all the way into the patient's heart. Now you can argue, should you go in and get that? That's probably gonna be very hard. And at this point, maybe there's some granulation tissue around it. Uh, they decided to simply watch this patient, but it's a beautiful example of a broken needle in the right ventricle. Just a wonderful appearance. The case also shows you how nicely MIP works and also to look for extra coronary findings when you're evaluating the patient's coronary arteries. In this patient with prior coronary artery bypass grafting, what's the best diagnosis? Now, when patients have had prior cabbages, there's all sorts of things. You can see pseudoaneurysms, you can see old hematomas, you can see calcification of the pericardium. Here you see what looks like at first calcification of the pericardium, but it's a funny shape because it's circular and round extending upward. That's not the path of the pericardium. It's not in the left ventricle per se, like an infarct. It's a very funny, as it looks at the axial images from front to back, from left to right. Well, what is that? It's not a failed graft and it's not calcific pericarditis. Radiation therapy can give you calcific pericarditis. It wasn't that. This was a calcified intrapericardial hematoma. Patient was having some symptoms perhaps, or will develop symptoms, but it's just a wonderful possibility to look at. The best diagnosis in this case? I've given you some interesting choices. When you look, what do you see? You see the patient's aorta looks okay, slightly barreled chest, but what you notice is look at the pulmonary arteries. The main pulmonary to right looks okay, but then you see the pulmonary artery 
going to the left is going behind the patient's trachea. Okay, that's a wonderful example. We used to describe this on chest x-rays. You can see it obviously much easier on CT. It's a classic pulmonary artery sling. Left pulmonary artery goes behind the trachea, classic appearance. Do not confuse it for mediastinal mass or other pathology. Takayashus gives thickening of the wall, which is a vasculitis. It's not normal PAs, I guess, in a sense that they are normal except for an abnormal course. And there's no PE. Wonderful example of a pulmonary artery sling. In this 30-ish-year-old male with chest pain and shortness of breath, what's the best diagnosis? Well, without again looking at the images, we do many patients with chest pain, and we're always thinking about the section. In the back of our minds, perhaps coarctation occurs once in a while, and it was never diagnosed. Prior trauma, we can see pseudoaneurysms. Patient could have had recent trauma. Vasculitis, particularly IG4-related, is becoming more and more common. When you look at this case, one of the things you, that are most dramatic on the axials, the small size of the patient's descending aorta and the multiple collaterals around the descending aorta into the intercostals. When you look at the sagittal view, which is a cinematic view, you beautifully see a left subclavian that's dilated. You see the bicuspid aortic valve, and you see a high-grade stenosis in the descending aorta just beyond the left subclavian. You see multiple collaterals, multiple dilated intercostals. This is the most classic case you're ever going to see of coarctation of the aorta. Now, you always think about coarcs being diagnosed early, but they're often diagnosed late. Patients often present with shortness of breath uh, of unexplained etiology. Remember, patients with coarctation, bicuspid aortic valves are indeed very common. The most likely diagnosis in this patient with chest pain is, now you can see I've given you a number of choices and I show this case to make you think about the fact that the heart is often involved in various pathologies. Now at first glance you say, oh, pericardial fusion, next case. But then you look at the interface between the pericardial fluid and the pericardium and the heart. There are multiple almost like thumbprints in the heart, particularly by right ventricle and right atrium, but also by the left ventricle anteriorly. And there's a huge pericardial effusion. So what are we dealing with here? You can think about lymphoma, but lymphoma is usually more solid. You can think about a malignant effusion, and this effusion is indeed malignant, but it's more than just an effusion. It's not an incidental effusion, obviously. This was a leukemic infiltrate of the heart. That infiltration, the lobulations, just a really great appearance. And the malignant effusion is also present, but it's the lobulations that allow you to make the diagnosis. Just a terrific case. Now that's the end of 10 cases. Now, in case you didn't notice, there was a common theme. I was gonna tell you this at the beginning and I didn't forget, but I wanted you to say, why is Elliot showing us so many cardiac cases? It's unusual, I never show 10 GI cases or 10 GU cases or 10 chest cases. Why would he show me 10 cardiovascular cases? Well, it's February. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. And with that, have a great day. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website ctsus.com for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.